The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It's your favorite day, or one of them at least. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings. That means the NFL Films legend Greg Cosell is in the house. Can't wait to break down some of these guys that got traded with Greg, as well as what promises to be an unbelievable Sunday. We got four windows in a row of big-time matchups. Cannot wait to talk to Greg. Should have a new Spread the Word winner via social media tomorrow. I love giving you guys these press passes. I'm doing the Titans and Steelers game tonight. Who wants the press pass? Just spread the word somehow on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, or maybe even better, at Ross Tucker Pod. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Take advantage of any sponsor. Send it to me. You're pretty much at this point guaranteed to win one of these weeks. And guaranteed to get whatever you want. Press pass, autograph card, picture, whatever. Ross at RossTucker.com. And then the YouTube shout-out is always fun. YouTube.com slash NFL. Love giving you guys those videos. Sean Hemming is the latest patron. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, let's dive right in. You know him. You love him. <laughs> the executive producer and on-air talent of the NFL matchup show. Greg, we had the trade deadline two days ago. I think probably the most interesting thing to me was the commanders trading both of their defensive ends, both of whom have been playing pretty well this year and are good players. Man, Greg, they're exactly the way you draw it up in terms of what you want a defensive end in the NFL to look like. I mean... They are beautiful defensive ends in terms of their height, weight, speed. Montez Sweat went to the Chicago Bears. He's the one that got the high second-round pick. Chase Young got basically the the low third-round pick, which is interesting given sort of their pedigree coming into the league. Your thoughts first on Sweat. 
I mean, they're both good players. Sweat's a good player. You know, I don't get into the compensation. Although I will tell you this, and I don't work for a team, obviously, Ross, but I'm not. Maybe if I worked for a team, I'd be inculcated differently by the organization. But I'm totally fine with giving up draft choices for younger players because ultimately, are you going to get Montez Sweat or Chase Young in particular with a third round pick? Um, You know, Sweat's a good player. They need pass rush in Chicago. Uh, Now they're going to have to figure out if they can sign him because you don't make that trade if you don't feel you can sign him. I was actually more intrigued by the Chase Young trade because the Niners are are obviously a team with Super Bowl aspirations. They have one of the best D-line coaches in the NFL and Chris Kosurek, who's really, really good, and they get the most out of their defensive linemen. That trade really intrigued me because – I don't think they want to be a heavy blitz team. I think they want to rush four. And now when you have Young and Bosa uh, and and inside, they have uh, Hargrave, they have Armstead. I mean, this is a really, really good down four that's going to be able to rush the quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how teams respond to this because obviously now I don't believe you can just assume that you can double Bosa and, and leave Chase Young alone. Chase Young has high-level traits. He's been hurt a lot. But the last three, four weeks, he's looked pretty good. I was just about to say, Greg, it feels like he's come back from that last injury. I don't know if he's all the way back, but he's come back to the point where he looks like he's going to be a a difference-making player. I would agree with that 100%. What about uh, some of the other ones? Two other ones that I just I think are interesting I want to get your thoughts on. Rasul Douglas from the Packers to the Bills. You know, the Bills have been putting Kair Elam inactive for these games it doesn't look like that first round pick is going to pan out for them obviously Tredavious White is out Douglas is always interesting to me Greg he bounced around for a while before kind of finding a home with the Packers yeah and he can play inside or out he won't play in the slot in uh, Buffalo they have Teron Johnson one of the best slot corners in the NFL but they need bodies on the outside they need to be better there overall because uh, again you're dealing with another team that in an ideal world they they don't want to blitz. They play a ton of split safety. Uh, they just need corners. They need corners to play better. You know, they've been playing with Bedford and Dane Jackson. I think they want to be just better at the corner position. Another team with Super Bowl aspirations. And you and I both know that if your corner position is problematic, any given week, that can be a problem. And and they just need to be better at the position. So, again, Douglas comes in. I don't know if he starts, you know, obviously they play Cincinnati this week. That's a big game. That's Sunday night football. I'm sure we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, But they're playing a team with three really good wideouts that plays a heavy, heavy percentage of 11 personnel, and they just need outside corners. The other one that jumped out to me, Greg, was the Lions and Browns trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, Yeah, I I guess I was a little surprised that the Browns didn't feel like they needed Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then also, I wasn't really thinking that the Lions needed a receiver. So that that kind of was interesting to me both ways. What What is Peoples-Jones as a player, and, and why do you think the Lions wanted him? Um, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones always struck me as a very intriguing guy. He's big, he's long, and he can run. 
You know, you and I have no idea what happened in Cleveland, why he didn't become a really good player. He had moments and, and snapshots where you thought, wow, this guy could really develop into a quality NFL wide receiver. Um, he's got traits. So the Lions obviously are a really good offensive team, good O-line. Looks like they'll have a really strong two-headed monster in the backfield now with Montgomery when he gets healthy. And we know Jameer Gibbs is an explosive athlete. Um They've got really good receivers. Will, you know, with Jameson Williams back, he can run as well. Now you're dealing with an offense because Peoples-Jones can run. He has a vertical dimension to his game. So they really can stretch the field both vertically and they can expand it horizontally with the pass game. They're one of the best under-center play-action teams in the league. And when you can run the ball like they can with that O-line and you go under-center play-action, very often you're going to get single-high safety coverage. And they probably feel Peoples-Jones can win on the perimeter, give them even more of a vertical dimension. So, you know, I, I again, we don't know exactly what he is because of what happened in Cleveland, but he's got traits with where I think he can help this team couple thoughts on that. One is, you know, Marvin Jones stepped away from the yep. team for personal reasons, so they probably thought they were a guy short there. And the other thing is, I don't know that Williams, just watching them, I, I don't know that he's been as consistent as they were looking for so far. You know, coming hasn't back played a from, lot of football in the NFL. He's probably still learning how to play. Yeah, and, and the suspension this year and everything. Yep. I don't know that, that – I'd be curious to hear them say where they feel he's at. The one thing I will say, and we weren't even going to talk about this, Greg, Jameer Gibbs the other night. Goodness <laughs> gracious. I mean, you know, we always be, you know, Greg and I do this draft series where we go through every position for a couple months before the draft, and it's very popular, and we always have the, the debate about running backs and their value. Boy, he was, he, I mean, he was a difference-making player Monday night against the Raiders. There's no yeah, question. I remember watching him two summers ago when, before he went to Alabama because I knew he was transferring, and he, I watched his Georgia Tech tape from his, his second to last year, you know, just before he went to Alabama. And I thought just watching him at Georgia Tech where he didn't carry a ton, wasn't a feature back in a strict sense, and I said, this guy will be a big-time player at Alabama, and he will be a big-time player. He'll be a first-round pick in the NFL, and it turned out that way. He is an explosive player. Let's talk tonight's game, Greg. I'll be driving there this afternoon out west to Pittsburgh. It's the Titans against the Steelers. Will Levis is clearly, Greg, the best quarterback in the NFL. No, I'm not. He had a pretty good debut, man. I mean, four touchdowns, three of them over 30 yards. I'm curious what you're thinking about Levis and uh, the Titans. I thought Tyson Bajan was the best quarterback in the NFL last week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I I hope people understand I'm being sarcastic. um, Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Um, You know, look. Will Levis, and you know this, you're doing the game, so you study. He's playing against a very good defense in some areas. I think they have issues in their secondary, but, um, you know, he certainly could get sacked a number of times tonight. I mean, I would, you're obviously going to look at Highsmith versus Dillard at left tackle. You're going to look at Watt versus Petit Frere at right tackle. I mean, there could be significant pressure on Will Levis tonight, and he could be sacked. He could make some errant throws. He could be under pressure. No question. Um, But the one thing that stood out watching that tape is the offense looked different. The ball was pushed down the field. They did it both by design and the fact that Levis will make those throws. He is an aggressive mindset thrower. 
He's firm in the pocket. He's going to have to find the balance between standing there and delivering and when to either throw it away or get out of there. That wasn't a big factor last week, but based on tape study of two years in college, that's something that he'll have to learn as he plays. Um, And like I said, with Highsmith and Watt coming off the edge, he could well be under more pressure this evening than he was last week. Um, Dillard better be careful. Alonzo Highsmith has an unbelievably good inside spin move, and Dillard has shown a problem in pass protection. But they push the ball down the field both by design and Levis making those throws. The final touchdown he threw, and I know you've seen it and studied it, the final touchdown he threw to Westbrook Ahini may have been the best throw of the week. That was beautiful. That was that was beautiful. There's no question. And you're right. That's not a good matchup for their offensive tackles no. against Highsmith and Watt at all. Uh, the other side, I don't know how much you've watched them recently. There's a lot, a lot going on there with Kenny Pickett. It's crazy to watch, Greg. He's the best quarterback in the NFL in the fourth quarter and arguably the worst, like in the first three, just statistically speaking, I'm talking about. Yeah. And he keeps getting hurt. But then he comes back the next game. He, there's a lot that we could talk about with Kenny Pickett well, right now. Here's what I'd look for, Ross. You know, you're doing the game. You've probably seen it. One thing that they've evolved into, you didn't see it um, as much this week. Uh, well, you did see it. And, in fact, Pickens caught a touchdown from Trubisky on this. But what they had done the, the previous two weeks quite a bit, and I know they will do it tonight, particularly since the Titans have uh, some injuries in their secondary, is look for what we call four strong and Pickens the boundary X, the single receiver to the short side of the field. So what they do with four strong, four receivers to the wide side of the field, and it could be the back offset to that side as well. He's still to that side of the field, and that creates one-on-ones for Pickens. And Pickens is 6'3", he's smooth, he's effortless, they'll run slants, they'll run back shoulder fades, they'll run straight fades, they get him one-on-one with a corner. And they will absolutely do that tonight against Tennessee. Something to look for. Four strong pickings, the single receiver to the short side of the field. I'm looking forward to it. Um, unfortunately, since I'm calling the game, I won't be able to have any Labatt Blue Lights while I'm watching the game. But you can have some Labatt Blue Lights while you're watching Thursday Night Football, whether it's with your friends, your family, by yourself. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, let's move on. To these games on Sunday. Are you kidding me, Greg? <laughs> we start at 9.30 a.m. with my guys Dan Orlovsky and Jason McCourty joining Rich Eisen in Germany. It's the Dolphins and the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs coming off a really poor performance against the Broncos defense. What are you looking for in this one, Greg? Yeah, that was one of those games where the secondary action movement plays did not work. That's that's very rare with Patrick Mahomes. He's built a career in many ways on making those absolutely special plays week in and week out. Last week they did not work, and they did not really have a structured offense that was effective. Um, I would doubt that that will happen two weeks in a row. I'm sure Mahomes will play much, much better this week. Um, He's a great player. I would expect that they'll go back to some more rhythmic stuff, get him feeling comfortable early. Um, You know, I made it a point to watch the Dolphins D because I wanted to see how they deployed Jalen Ramsey. Basically, he played right corner on every snap. He did not play one snap of press. It was high percentage zone. But I will say this about Jalen Ramsey. He is one of the absolute best 
zone coverage corners in the NFL. His understanding of splits and route concepts and when to pass a receiver off, when to stay with him, he's as good as there is in the NFL. His interception last week was a great example of that. But Vic Fangio will probably play a lot of zone, and uh, and Ramsey is is just as good as there is as a zone coverage corner. Wow, that's interesting. Um, because I think earlier in his career, you thought of him as like a press man guy. You and, know? and he can do that really well, too. People probably remember when he was with the Jaguars, his one-on-one matchups with DeAndre Hopkins when he was with Houston. They had some great one-on-one matchups. Looking forward to that game. Anything else in that game, Greg, that we should look for? You know, for? I've really studied in great detail the Dolphins' offense. And, uh, you know, to me, the more I watch their offense, the more I think so much of their success is generated by speed. I feel like it's just they're so fast that they're just really, really difficult to defend. Well, that, I mean... Greg, no offense, but that is pretty obvious when you watch. Yeah, no, I, I, that's not <laughs> profound, but but I mean, obviously, a lot of their their schemes and their tactics, everything is is rhythmic timing, first window throws. But boy, are they fast, and and they spread you out. You know, their their run game works outside, their pass game works inside, so they expand you horizontally, they stretch you vertically because of the speed. It's really well designed, but I think it starts with speed. Totally agree, and I, I know what you're saying. I'm just busting your chest. No, but you're um, right. I mean, that's the obvious point, but no team has that kind of speed in the league. Well, no, your point is, when you watch them, it's obvious their players are fast. What you're saying is they scheme to take advantage of the speed tactically. At a really it's high not, level, it's not yes. just It's not just, okay, once Tyreek Hill gets the ball, okay, I can see that he's fast. It's they are uh, affecting the defense – even pre-snap and certainly post-snap, before anybody even has the ball in their hand, Correct. they're utilizing their speed to create <laughs> yeah. space. Yes, yes, exactly right. All right, Seahawks-Ravens, Sunday well, at one. Two first-place teams, who would have thought that? Um, you know, the Ra- first of all, the Ravens, I think what's really interesting to me about the Ravens is uh, their pressures. They don't have the one pass rusher. Always back now, and they're hoping he can develop into that guy. But when he missed a couple of games, their edge pass rushers were Clowney and Van Noy. Neither one is a big-time edge pass rusher. But yet, they lead the league in sacks. And I think Mike McDonald's doing such a good job with the way uh, they they understand protections, the way they attack and break down protection schemes. They do such a good job, and I think that will come into play in this game. Although I must admit, I watched the Seahawks offense this past week. I thought Charles Cross did a really, really good job on Miles Garrett this week. Miles Garrett was really not a big factor in that game as the Seahawks came back to beat the Browns. Um, Jason Peters even got about 25 snaps. Ross, maybe you can come back and play if Jason Peters is still playing. Uh, but um, uh, the Seahawks are an interesting offense. I think they're still working to find that balance between playing multiple tight end personnel where they're very, very good out of that. And Geno Smith is clearly comfortable versus 11 personnel because they want to get Jackson Smith and Jigba on the field with Metcalf and Lockett. So I think they're trying to work through that. That might be a week to week deal. What about the Cowboys? And the Eagles, Greg, obviously a lot to get to in that one. Boy, we could talk about this one for an hour, uh, Ross. Um, I don't know where to start on this, but let's look at the Cowboys' defense. They're they're a really interesting defense. Uh, The foundation is man coverage. 
Um, they are so multiple with their deployment of their defensive linemen. They have so many guys who can line up in different spots, and they do so much with their fronts. They'll line up in five-man fronts and look for Micah Parsons to get that one-on-one matchup that they feel that he can exploit. Sometimes it's against a center. could be against a guard. Sometimes he's on the edge. But Lawrence, Armstrong, these are guys that also can line up anywhere along your defensive front. In addition, they stunt more than any team in the NFL. So they they cause some problems there. You know that can be an issue. You know, you line up as an offensive lineman, and there's Micah Parsons, and you are worried about him, and all of a sudden there's a stunt, and, you know, it it just hits you by surprise. So... You know, they're, they're a difficult team. We we know that the Eagles have arguably the best O-line in the league, but that part of the matchup really fascinates me. And it, I'm just not sure how the Eagles, from a standpoint of what they're going to do, last week they didn't come out running the ball at all because they obviously felt they could attack the commander's pass defense, and they did really, really well. Um, I, I don't know how the Eagles are going to come out in this game. I'm really curious to see what their offensive approach is. So what do you say to the people, because you live in the Philadelphia area, Greg, that saw Sam Howell just torch the Eagles secondary again? I mean, yeah. what, how does that happen? Like where the Eagles shut down Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins, and then Howell gets them again? Well, the, shutting down Tua, it, that was a tactical approach. I think the Eagles lack speed in their secondary, and I think that can show up at any time. You know, it depends on the game. You know, I know that people probably think, man, Miami's got a great offense. We just spoke about them with speed, and obviously they can be unbelievable. You, no one thinks of the Commanders as having a great passing game with a young quarterback, although they do have three very good receivers. But I think the Eagles don't have great speed in their secondary. And, and right now I think they're they're trying to figure out who's going to play their slot. Last week they played a ton of big nickel, three safeties with Sidney Brown basically being their slot corner. And then they brought Eli Ricks in on third down or long yarded situations. But they don't have a lot of speed in the secondary. And you know, Ross, if you have what would be perceived by offensive coaches as a potential weakness, any given week that can be a problem. You know, some weeks it's not, but some weeks it can be. Bills, Bengals, Greg, go. Uh, loved what the uh, Bills did against the Bucks in terms of timing, rhythm, no huddle, tempo. They got Josh Allen playing with great timing. In fact, his snap to throw time was the quickest of his career by a wide margin. They got him playing in rhythm. I'd like to see them continue to do that. I think the no huddle tempo really helped them do that because you know, Ross, when you do that, it shrinks the defensive menu. You can't do as much communication. You can't play as many defenses. And Luana Ramos' defenses, he does a really, really good job. So it would not surprise me to see more of that from the Bills. Greg, you are the man. Thank you so much for the time, as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Greg is so awesome. He's like the Game Time app, where I'm looking at it right now. And those of you that watch us on YouTube or wherever, youtube.com slash NFL. You can see that the cheapest ticket right now to Titan Steelers tonight, $54. But here's the beauty of it. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. If you download the Game Time app, which you should absolutely have on your phone like I do, create an account and use code ROSS, you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account, redeem code ROSS for $20 off. Get to that Steelers game tonight for $34. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Tux Takes.
All right, Ross, some coaching moves to get to. Bears fire running back coach David Walker as HR is involved once again. Yeah, just sounds awful. Don't know what to say, but that's twice now for the Bears. I mean, what what is going on out there, man? Like, what? Really bad look for Eberflus. Really bad look. A couple of coaching moves for the Raiders. They fire offensive coach Mick Lombardi. They promote quarterback coach Bill Hardigree, who's in the complete wrong profession, and they're going to start Aiden O'Connell, a quarterback. Well... Uh, Aiden O'Connell. So the, the Raiders, there's some financial stuff with Jimmy G. Mick Lombardi's considered uh, a Josh McDaniels guy. I don't know. And I didn't get the joke about wrong industry. He needs to be a professor. You're telling me professor hard degree wouldn't be hard degree? Got Come it. On. Really good, Jack. <laughs> quarterback <laughs> change. The Falcons will start Taylor Heineke at quarterback and said Desmond Ritter. That's a little bit surprising, but maybe not so much because I think it's year three for Arthur Smith, and I think he wants to make sure that he keeps his job, and I think he thinks that if Heineke just gives them competent quarterback play, that they can win that division. I mean, that is – got to check that division real quick. What are they all, like, four and three, three and four right now in the NFC South? Yeah, I mean, four and four, four and four – I think if he feels like if he has a quarterback that doesn't turn it over, that they'll win the division. Steelers activate defensive lineman Cam Hayward. Yeah, that's cool. Love Cam. Six straight Pro Bowls. He's an outstanding player. Awesome guy. He makes a big difference. Sounds like since they activated him that he'll be ready to go tonight. You should be ready to go tonight to order on DoorDash. When the game goes to timeout or halftime, two-minute warning, that's your cue to order in. Get everything you want delivered while you root for your squad. Burgers, fries, drinks, you name it. And if you have a Dash Pass membership, you can get the new Wendy's Loaded Nacho Cheeseburger delivered. Yeah, right now, the Loaded Nacho Cheeseburger is exclusively available with Dash Pass at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Speaking of Cam Hayward and the Steelers, we got a game tonight, and you will be on the call, Ross. Steelers hosting the Titans. Who do you like in this one, and why? I like me calling the game with Kevin Kugler. So if you're driving around, make sure you tune in. I love those of you who got some guys. Joel Swisher usually records some of it and sends it to me. Uh, love that. Man, I, I'm a, I don't feel great about this one. I'm going to take the Steelers because they're so good in primetime games, and they're so good bouncing back from poor performances like they had against the Jags. Plus, I think this might be a little bit of a welcome to the NFL moment for Will Levis. This will be different than playing a home on a one at Sunday at 1. I thought Greg made good points about Highsmith and Watt off the edge. Give me the Steelers like 17-14. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. Guys, it's November. Gals, it's November. I know there's a loved one, a mom, a dad, a sibling, a child, a spouse, that you want to get something special for the holidays myfrontpagestory.com. Then we got backofficescheduler.com, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and pizza boy brewing.